Report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation Rewatch podcast. Every week, we're bringing you an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and all of the behind-the-scenes stories that went into making it happen. My name is Mitchell Mel's Chief Consultant of Services, and with me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs, former Head of Resources Management. Brandon, how are we doing today? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I uh I had a bit of a microphone incident like just just now. So Oh. Uh but otherwise I'm doing well. Um Well, if you think I'm going to re-record the intro just for a mic problem, you got yeah. another thing coming. Now, there's an interesting point. Do you know that um there the original phrase is another think coming like if you think mm. this you have another think coming another no, think coming right but a lot of people say another thing coming mm. uh probably yeah, what probably because of the the judas priest song mm. you ever hear that song yeah no i mean it's well the i was gonna say um the thing is um you're always gonna have another think coming right well it depends it just makes sense it depends on you know if you're a complete boob or not some people they don't have that many things coming to them not for a while anyway and i guess it depends on what kind of think right you know now do men you, do you think words right this is true this is true and also men typically think about sex every seven seconds so mm. you know that next think coming might just be completely unrelated to the topic and about sex it could be yeah it could be yeah yeah, see, I just thought about it just now. Right. Oh my god. I want to have sex so bad. So, would you, would you say, though, that men have more thinks than women? Ooh, this is dangerous. Um, now, how does one measure a think? What, what happens to a think deferred? That's my question. Anyway, I, uh, I'm not getting into I'm not getting I into those legal troubles. That, <laughs> <laughs> Have we already done this? We I, it's a well we come back to. <laughs> I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Um anyway, 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 you um I've been having this issue recently. Go on. Where I don't know if you've experienced this. Um you know, you listen to a podcast, and it's it's about a certain topic, right? Oh, I, I don't listen to podcasts. I would never. Well, I I do, I do, I I, I happen to, you know, um, for research purposes. Okay. You know, I got to make sure that we're kind of up and coming um, on on top. Well, just you know, we're on top of things. You know, following the trends. You got to hit the algorithm. You know, right. When you are up and coming, um, that's probably the most important thing you can do. So, um, you know, you listen to a podcast, it's about like a specific topic. Woodworking. Right? Yeah, sure. If they, if that's what you would like to listen to. 
You know, um, I like and to then woodwork. And then the 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 host started off by talking about nothing related to that topic for the first thirty minutes. How'd you feel as an audience member? It's it's enraging, isn't it? Well, like I said, I I would never deign myself to listen to a podcast, so I can't quite relate. But I imagine something I do often watch, you know, Family Matters. I imagine if like I tune into Family Matters and the first twenty minutes of an episode of the twenty three minute episode are you know um, Law and Order or something completely unrelated, I would feel I would feel cheated. I wouldn't say Law and Order and Family Matters are completely unrelated. There's some overlap. I suppose Carl Winslow was a cop. So he was the, the law. No, he was the order. How many, how Wait, many episodes about... Uh, hold on. What? What? In Law and Order, are the police the law or the order? They're the order. Are you sure? I mean, unless this is Judge Dredd. Well, he is Judge, Judy, and Executioner. Right. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed my own joke. Um, <laughs> anyway, now, yeah. Now, now you can't be an executioner, so we just have Judge Judy. <laughs> now, Judge Judy, she uh, she really owned her courtroom. Not the uh, not the land, but uh, you know the atmosphere. Exactly. Like, um, like the air. She's got like a like an Apple TV show now or something, doesn't she? Isn't she like eighty? years of age she's pretty old what are we still outlive norm though <laughs> she was on norm's show she was i don't know why but she was it was a very weird episode norm had very odd guests and i think it i was, guess that was part of the bit yeah i mean when you when you make a total of you know what was it 51 episodes by definition you're going to have an odd number of guests but um, mm. 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 <laughs> God. Rest in peace. Yeah, rip. Norm Burger King. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Podcasts don't respect the time of the viewer at all. No. Listener. No, by no means. No. I I uh. I lied. I have listened to podcasts before. And they would have, like, 40 minutes of sports betting talk when I'm just trying to, you know, learn about woodworking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't care if they covered the spread. Like, what? Do you know you what know, that means, to cover the um, spread? Your dad ever take you to the, to, the, to the sports betting parlor? No. No, I've never bet on sports before, unless horse racing counts. It's kind of cruel what horse racing is it cruel do you think it's cool fun it's fun to watch not for the horses yeah but who cares it's difficult for the horses to watch because they have those blinders on yeah yeah well and and they're the ones running right but running comes natural to them oh get this what pop quiz what is um the human being's natural advantage over most other mammals aside from it's the th- aside from the intellect it's the thumbs not well okay fine that's one what's another one besides intellect i'll, I'll give you a hint it's, this was uh, inspired by by running 
it's it's endurance running. Yeah, right, because they're bipedal yeah. instead of quadruped. So okay. it, it they can run longer distances. Slower right. but but longer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could run all day. Right. And I'm picking when I learned this fact, I just pictured, you know, a group of, of humans just stalking some kind of, you know, cheetah or whatever over a long stretch. And, you know, the cheetah's like dogged and it's looking behind them and it's like, oh, they're still they're still coming. Oh, it's it's more catted, really. Oh, that's true. This is yeah. true. F- real feline, that one. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a cool little thing. Humans are cool. It's neat. You know, they, they made a movie about that, you know, uh, running. Oh, yeah, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I was going to say Forrest Gump. Ah, uh, no, I was thinking of uh, with Richard Dawkins. The God Delusion? No, the host of Family Feud in the 70s. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? No, what movie is this? It's The Running Man. Oh, The Running Man. Yeah. And the host of The Family Feud from real life, Richard Dawkins, was there. And he had the famous quote, It's time to start running. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger started running, and um, like did, did he call him the Running Man? I I think that was the name of the the game show in universe. Like, uh, isn't there a Korean show called The Running Man or something? Um, I don't follow Korea. Neither. Well, no, of them. I remember I remember having having a conversation with uh, a someone in Japan about something called. I think it was the Running Man, and I was like the the Schwarzenegger movie. Like you're you were born after that even came out. Um, but it was a Korean and no, thing. it was it was a Korean show or something. But now, I, I might be wrong about. Are you the thinking title. of Squid Game? You know what? That's it. The Squid That's Game. It. I I I was thinking about because uh, there's that old Schwarzenegger movie Squid Game. Right. And yeah. Yeah, where he uh. Has to elude the squid. Okay, what 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 am I thinking of? Insofar as this Korean show. Yeah. Well, let's break it down. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Running Man. It's Running Man. North Korea or South Korea? <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's classified as urban action and variety. Oh, I like variety. Uh, the MCs and the guests were to complete missions at a landmark to win the race. The show has since shifted to a more familiar reality variety show concept focused on games. Oh. This reminds yeah, me. Yeah, so it's dumb. Do you remember the time that we applied for the Amazing Race together? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, then we learned it, it wasn't about white people. No, no. I We were a shoe in otherwise. Right. Shame. But uh, I, c- I could never travel. I hate travel. Once once we learned the the, con- the conceit of the show was it was donezo. Mm. I'm allergic to watermelons too. So right, right. When that worked out, makes it makes uh traveling on the t- public transit really difficult in Japan for you. Your watermelon mm. uh allergy. Well, I, and going to the beach. Right, right. Summer summertime you, you, rituals. You never know when you're gonna you're gonna be hit by the the goo. Very Nickelodeon esque. 
<laughs> Splitting watermelons. Well, uh, getting hit by goo. Um, <laughs> oh, the imagery of that? Yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just there to receive your kid's choice award and you just you drive by gooing. Yeah, yeah, we got nominated once for... Uh, what was the show we were on? It was the show we were on that was... I think it was the live-action uh, Fairly Odd Parents adaptation, I believe. Was it? Yeah, well, well, I'm trying to think of what from our catalog would have been nominated yeah, for a kid's choice award. Possibly been. It was either, I, mean, I guess it could have been that. It was either that or um that movie where Frankie Munez played a secret agent, which I don't quite uh, remember. Secret agent Cody Banks, that's... Right. Oh, shit. With uh, Paul well, Giamatti. Either, either, we didn't win, so... Yeah, with with Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's a he's an interesting guy. If we have time, we should uh we should dredge up some stories from that one um for our Frankie Muniz podcast. Yeah. Uh, we could also tell our stories from the set of Sideways with um, Paul Giamatti and you know both of the, funnily enough, both of the main actors in the film Sideways went on to play Spider-Man villains. That is funny. Yeah. The Sandman never, and I never and put those Rhino. together. Yeah, which makes me want to go back and rewatch Sideways to look for the Spider-Man references, the connection. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, alternatively, watch Spider-Man to look for the Sideways. Oh, references. I would never watch Spider-Man. <laughs> Just could you not. You don't want to watch Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Mark Webb? Is that real? Yeah, that's that. Yes, that's real. His name's Webb. His name's Mark Webb. Yeah, with two B's. Yeah, with two B's. Oh, I guess it's not the real. I one. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now people like Still to tell funny. me that Spider-Man, he uses web shooters instead of naturally having web. Yeah. Yeah. So, why was it just to keep with the spider motif? Was that necessary? Could he not have made like wait, a wait, fancy Wait, why does he jet- use web shooters? Yeah, I mean, at that point, once it's artificial, you don't need to stick to the spider motif, right? You could just have well, like a jetpack. the word on the block, the word on the block is that when they were coming up with the concept for the character way back in, what, the 60s? Um, Stanley? Stanley, when Stanley was... No, but there's that other guy that, um, that everyone says Stanley basically took all the credit from. Mark Webb? Uh, Peter Pinky or something, I don't know. Um... When they were coming up with the concept for the character, they wanted him to be able to shoot webs, but there was a regulation on comic books where bodily fluids couldn't be shown. <laughs> and they considered that a bodily fluid because it was shooting out of him. Is this a real story? So, that's what they say. That's what I've heard. So they had to come up with some some way around it. And basically what you know what Sam Raimi did was he just reintroduced that concept into his movies so he, you know, Spider Man could shoot webs from his from his body again. Right, because that's what's the opposite. It makes a lot more sense. Sensical, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's it it yeah, it just makes sense. Why why go through the because you know you watch Mark Webb's film, The Amazing Spider Man, mm-hmm. and uh, there's like 20 minutes devoted to him just making this stupid contraption. Right. It's 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 fiction. You know, no one's gonna bat not <laughs> no one's gonna bat an eye if you're just like, oh yeah, and and he got the power to shoot webs. <laughs> yeah, a little overpowered there. Well, no, it's like, and even then, um, as time goes on, it's more and more ridiculous for him to be using like uh, a machine to shoot webs. Now, is there a lot of drama of like, oh, I'm out of webbing, 
I yes, like yes. <laughs> How did you know? Uh, that seems like the only natural conclusion of this. <laughs> yes. Uh, he he has to stash web canisters around the city so that he can go pick them up when he runs out. And yes, he'll run out of webs in the middle of a very important fight. And that is the stupidest thing I've stuff. ever heard. <laughs> it what creates it, drama. Yeah, very artificially, I suppose. But, you know, it seems like a crutch in writing if I had to classify this. Um, I think it was just a happy accident that they, you know, they were forced to to make it this way. And then one day they figured out, hey, we can uh, we can we can derive some we can dredge some drama up from this. You know, I think it's a little artificial the way it uh, plays out. Well, it's um, a fictional story. Oh, this is true. I um, neglected to think about that. But um, the yeah, constraints are good, but. It's a constraint that you can, that the audience will never ever see coming, right? He can have as much or as little web as you want him sure. to before yeah. running out. <laughs> and if that's not an element you need in the story, he'll just have infinite. And if it is, then he might just run out prematurely. Oh yeah, I can imagine if, if there's probably some autist who's gone through every issue and counted how much web he's used <laughs> over like a, over like a, a single fight or something. Oh yeah. Just figured out like it's the where he should have run out the wpp right the webs per panel webs yeah sure sure that's that's some saver metrics shit right there but i i guess i see where you're coming from yeah it is kind of dumb yeah i'm i'm not going to i'm not hanging on the edge of my seat like can you do, is that what spider-man fans do they're reading they're flipping through it and it's like oh my god <laughs> when's he going to run out does he have enough? <laughs> <laughs> Reading Spider-Man is just the most stressful experience because you never know when he's going to run out of the webs. But you know he will. <laughs> it, it, it could be while he's swinging around the city. Yeah, it's just... Just falls to his death. That would be a bold way to open a comic. Like, Spider-Man's just surveying the city, <laughs> swinging around, and just, whoops, I'm out. Apropos of nothing. I'm to replace my canister. <laughs> And he like lands in Harlem, and he's got to get out without uh without having a web. <laughs> um, you do forget, however, that he has superhuman strength, anyway. So yeah, that's true. That does that run out? No, that's that's uh, unless unless he loses confidence in himself, <laughs> runs out of spinach, uh, or he's he's lacking the. the <laughs> he, he loses the power of friendship or something. <laughs> oh god! Now I'm led to believe that in the in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movie, um, Mary Jane is the love interest. However, in most other Spider-Man fiction, um, it's a different woman that is his primary. Love yeah, interest. what's what's her name? Uh, Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stefani. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Gwen Stacy. No, but Mary Jane, Mary Jane, somewhat quickly ended up being like the the canon girl. You know, he, like he always marries Mary Jane. That's why her name is Mary. Um, fun fact. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gwen Stacy. You know, there's just a lot of Gwen Stacy. There's a lot of Gwen Stacy. No, there, I mean there's, but Gwen Stacy died. You know, it was a big deal. They killed her off. So. The only time you really see her anymore is in like side, like you know, alternate universe type stuff. Do you think it was a contract dispute? Like she wanted more money. 
so he's killed the, off the, the character. The character, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the drawing wanted more money. <laughs> um, there's also Black Cat. I'm not touching that one. Do you know about Black Cat? No, I think I, I think I do actually. If I recall, the, her character's design had like, I don't know, like white fur trim on her black costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Well, okay. Is that a big character? That's 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 a yeah, that's a big one. It's another love interest for, for Spider Man. Okay. Now, Black Cat is not is distinct from Catwoman. Very distinct from Catwoman. Okay, okay. Someone... Black Cat's hotter. I see. Is that is that canon? Uh, it should be. And and Black Cat definitely has BPD. Ooh, why is that? Which? Well, you can tell. Okay, I know you've you... become an adept at spotting this. I've got I've got BPD sonar. <laughs> is that more and accurate than also... your radar? <laughs> I'd say it's about the same. Okay, I buy it. Gator is overblown. The oh, yeah. idea that, like, well, the idea that you like, if you can't tell someone's gay, mm-hmm. like, there's something wrong with you. Well, you know, everybody's a little gay these days. Sure, but I mean, like, I like full on, like, only like 100 percent homosexual. On the Kinsey scale. <laughs> uh, especially if they're bottoms if you can't tell someone's a bottom you need to end your life you don't have to be so rude about it what well, you know well, it's, a- it's just a failure to to be able to pick up on normal social cues we are big on social cues on this podcast we are <laughs> i think we're getting Gator- all kinds of cues Gadar was more relevant maybe 15 years ago. I suppose. When, oh, oh, you mean when no one could talk about it? <laughs> when it was necessary? When, yeah. when people wouldn't come up to you and shake your hand and say, hi, I'm gay. 200 years ago, you needed a good Gadar. <laughs> <laughs> Look, back when, you know, we were at Stonewall. We know, we know how unnecessary these yeah. things were. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think there's any any anyone named Gaylord who goes by the nickname Gay? No, but I I knew I knew a girl whose mother's name was Gay. Really? Yes. Th- that girl must have been bullied relentlessly for her mother's name. Like who the fuck? Why would she even say her mother's name? I don't know. At some point, someone must have found out. I suppose. Yeah. And you know, rightful bullying, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, how dare she be born? How dare she be born? Be born. She be born. She be born. What was this about podcast not respecting people's time? I forget. I don't know what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't know either. But um, indeed, she be born. So yeah, she 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 do be. She been do. She she Scooby Dooby Doobin born. <laughs> oh goodness, I um really do not like Scooby Doo. It's one of my least favorite intellectual properties. <laughs> I wouldn't call it an intellectual property. <laughs> what would you call it? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know, <laughs> a mongoloid property? A black hole of... Uh... Ooh, careful. hey Uh, there, There's... The old stuff is kind of quaint at this point, but I, I do remember as a kid, I I couldn't stand it, I, I, uh, seeing I, it on TV. I do find the old stuff to be somewhat um, visually offensive. No, it definitely is, because, I mean, when you look at... I mean, and this is true of all Hanna-Barbera stuff... What Hanna-Barbera figured out was how to make the cheapest shows and just crank them out. Right. Uh, so they do look terrible, and they look terrible for the time even. So, um, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you remember, you know, like, they, they really did look awful. Um, but yes, I, I, I sympathize. I used, to hate, I used to hate it when that would come on TV. I would change the channel immediately. Uh, I found the logic of the plots to be completely retarded. I there's there's one episode that will always stick with me where they were trying to open a door. Okay. That sounds like a really gripping episode. <laughs> and it was it was one of those um it was like a it was like a knob, like a circular knob, right? Mhm. And I don't think I've ever run into a door that was constructed like this. But Shaggy turns the knob and he's like, it won't open. And then Velma comes up behind him, turns it the other way, and it opens. And she says, oh, you turned the knob the wrong way. <laughs> That's, has that ever happened to you? Because I've never run into it. Like, even in the oldest houses. I've never, I, no, I've never encountered such a doorknob. Um, <laughs> and I, I think about this often. The closest I found is a doorknob that wouldn't turn one way. Um, mm-hmm. But not one that turns in both directions yet uh, does not. <laughs> Only one of them functions. Right, right. And I, I mean, I guess the closest I've found is a doorknob that talks. <laughs> well, you know, it's the future now. Right. There was something... What was I thinking of? Oh, yeah, I've always wanted an official explanation for Red Shirt Shaggy. That is probably the funniest thing. Just how vexing it is? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess, I guess the whole point is it's non-canon, Shaggy. Are those, you know, he, he goes, he are goes to a school for uh, for monsters. Well, they're, 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 yeah. I mean, like he only appears in what films and that one series where he's just going around with Daphne for some reason. Yeah, I guess he cucks Fred. Again, something that has more questions than answers. <laughs> Which. I, I at that point I, I I actually don't remember ever seeing that one on TV. There was one that, that was, was in the seventies, I think. There was also a wacky races one. Um, yeah, there was that the monster school one. Yeah, yeah, maybe one other one, but there was uh, one other one I think. Uh, wait, was was the Harlem Globetrotters one one of these? That was an episode of Scooby. Do that was like a, its own series. Like Scooby Doo um, runs into famous people. Yeah, and I can't remember what it was called, but that was its own series. I know they had like um, Abbott and I don't Costello. think it was Red Shirt. Maybe the Three Stooges. Yeah. Um, the Harlem yeah, I don't think that was Red Shirt Shaggy. Yeah. Ronald did they ever do? Was didn't they do Batman at some point? They definitely did Batman. Definitely. Like, old, like that was the show, right? Yes. Um, and because there was a Batman animated show as well at the time. Um, yeah. 60s 70s whatever and uh they definitely intersected with scooby-doo and the, and the gang as they would say yeah scooby-doo meets batman and the joker oh well, he met both of them 
Yeah. Big day. <laughs> um, I remember uh, well, well after um, I was I was watching cartoons. Uh, they they did they did uh, they did Johnny Bravo. Yeah, that's um. Remember that one? It was a pretty misogynistic episode. I mean, it was Johnny Bravo after all. Now imagine this, you know Johnny Bravo. Mm, they did that. What? There's an episode where they turn him into a woman. Is that what it was called? I don't know, oh. but he 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 learns. Um, yes, I know. Maybe your joke is ruined, but he he learns. Um, joke. He learns how to be a good feminist. Oh, good for him. Did, he did, learns. He learns that uh, that that you know women are actually worth respecting. Did did she do the monkey? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Um, and I, th- th- you know, that might have been the last episode of the series too. A real arc, real character arc. Yeah. Arc. 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 So this week's question of the week comes from Sapphire, who says. Uh, hey, admirals, which members of the bridge crew do you think would make the best polycule? Thank you for everything you do. My partners and I love your show. Oh. That's a very nice thing to say from one. That's nice. One creative to another. You know, we really liked, um, you know, Push. We also liked uh, Sapphire and uh, all that stuff. Precious. 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 Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that you're, you're, you're thinking of Precious. A film based on the book Push by Sapphire. Yes, but the title was Precious based on a novel Push by Sapphire. Oh, okay. Right. Sorry. The f- yes. Sorry. I I'll do better next time. I have a lot of I have a lot of learning to do, and it's not your job to educate me. No, but who's what's your dream polycule from the Bridge Crew? Polycule. Let's see. Uh, I'm thinking Data's got to be in there, of course. Mm-hmm. That's non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um. But gosh, it's so hard to pick, isn't it? Because it, it I, is. I could see them all kind of doing, like participating. Maybe not Picard. You don't think so? No. You don't think Picard would be a mono involved with with a poly? He, so, he would kind okay. of just, he would uh, imagine like nakedly this. stand in the corner. <laughs> imagine this. So Picard is mono with Crusher, who is poly, and Picard's meta with Crusher would be Frakes, who is involved with Crusher, Troy, and Jordy. Now, all three of those are distinct relationships with um, Riker. I said Frakes before with Riker as the uh, <laughs> as the center, right? He's he's at mm-hmm. the hinge around which everyone revolves. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then Jordy and Worf have their own side thing going. Um, okay. And it's just very awkward when they all go to the bridge together. Um, <laughs> where does Data fit in? Oh, Data's, you know, he's asexual. Data, um, he's, he does not I like to in. imagine Data's just banging everyone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's kind of just, he, uh, he's, he spreads his seed far and wide. Data, you know, in an effort to become human, synthesizes an SD, STD he can pass <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, now that's an episode. But 
in, in terms of the polycule, I imagine Data, you know, he's an in inanimate object, but everyone kind of just uses him when, when they're not getting any. Data's and a then, sex toy? Yeah, other parts of the polycule get mad, and they're, you know, they, they can't actually get mad with any kind of righteousness because Data's just an inanimate object. So that's the argument, you know? It's like, oh, he's just, he's just a thing. He didn't mean anything. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, what if Data had customizable parts? I know this is getting into fan fiction territory, but that's kind of the question. <laughs> um, trans data. Trans. <laughs> is, is that is that a real thing? Trans Hold data. On. Trans data. Well, I haven't read all the books, but you know. <laughs> trans data incorporated. Welcome to trans data. <laughs> trans data. Go further. Huh. Well, it's a company. Okay. Do you think they are about what we're discussing? Um, probably not. I see. That's a shame. Well, okay, so what if he did? In my imagination, he doesn't. Um, he kind of just comes equipped with his long schlong. But, but if he did, if he did, would would it just be the parts, or you know, would are are we talking like full? Like facial custom, like like no, looks just like a, just like a woman, just the parts, just the parts. And <laughs> oh god, it's kind of giving. It's like <laughs> you get you get intense psychic damage from the image of Data <laughs> when he gets nude and he's just got a vagina under all that. <laughs> just very unsettling imagery. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh my god. Oh. So I don't think he would be a member of the Polycule side piece of anything but i can say with um 100 certainty that nobody would want wesley crusher involved in this no um considering gene is not a character on the show that's right that's right now gene himself had a bit of a polycule going where um you know he had many partners <laughs> and uh they never knew anything of each other right but he was quite the hinge as they say it's a uh, mystery polycule. Mm, the sweetest kind. Mm -hmm. We like that. Yeah, ahead of his time. They always call Gene a visionary, and uh, that's no less true here. Yeah, yeah, now, now you can see why. Yeah, because of his uh, early polycule going. Um, now, I'm going to quiz you. I know that you're not as well-versed in the world of polyamory <laughs> as I am. Mm -hmm. Um... So I'm going to quiz you on vocabulary, and you might have picked yeah, sure. up some of the meaning, depending on uh, the context with which I use these words. If but, I've been listening to you talk. Which you never do, so I think we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so, let's see. What, what is a hinge? A hinge, I would say, is the one that ties the polycule together and is de facto the, uh, the main character of the polycule. Yeah. One might look at it that way. It's it's somebody who connects two people together by virtue of being both of their partners, even if they're not. Okay. Okay. But now, what is a meta? Meta. Meta, meta, meta. Meta is going to be the, uh, I would say, arrangement you have with your partners. No, a, meta, a meta is your partner's other partner. Oh, that's stupid. Bonus question, what is it short for? 
meta um metacule no nah, that's a good guess metamore like like metamore 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 it's okay. a digimon what is a comet a comet is um a fling that swings by and destroys the polycule in one night that's a good guess, but no, it's a partner <laughs> that one sees infrequently. Okay. All right, yeah, that's that's fair. That's like a, fair. Like a Halley's Comet. Yeah. Um, let's, any other good ones here? It'd be interesting if, if you found a comet named Haley. Okay, here's a good one. <laughs> First of all, that's hilarious, but here's a good one. Um, what what does the acronym OPP mean? What does it stand for? Um... Uh, out of uh, out poly pocket. I don't know. It stands for, and this is not a joke. One penis policy. Ooh, all right. Let's let's uh, let's unpack that. Well, anybody worth their salt will know that a one penis policy is quote inherently sexist, misogynistic. Homophobic, biphobic, transphobic, <laughs> controlling, and rooted in toxic masculinity. Uh, okay, so so the one penis policy is in a poly, there's only one dude. Right. Sure. Which now, is the, the only reasonable poly to have. Of course. But not, I mean, you know, if you're controlling, racist, sexist, homophobic. Sure. Now, all, if my you last... want to kill all black people. Exactly. My final question here. Um, what is kitchen table polyamory? Kitchen table polyamory. Um, oof, God, that could go so many ways. Kitchen table polyamory. Um, it's probably not right, but I'm going to say like, you're are, like, are you like fronting in some way? What do you mean? Like you're pretending to be poly? No. So kitchen table okay. polyamory is an arrangement where everyone involved is on good enough terms that they could conceivably sit uh, around the kitchen table together. That's 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 more direct than I thought it would be. Do you want the uh the the opposite of that? Yeah, absolutely. That would be uh parallels where relationships exist in parallel with each other without intermingling. Mm. Okay. That's that's where the drama starts really bubbling up. Yes. Unless yes. unless the kitchen table turns into um, you know a situation where one of them isn't isn't uh, having sex. Now, do you want? Uh, do you remember that story of like um, like a poly group, and it turned out they they like killed a child or something. It's like they're all fat and ugly, and um, oh, like, I think so. Yeah, <clears throat> and they committed some kind of heinous crime. Mm -hmm. I I'm not. I just wanted to bring that up. No real reason. Um. <laughs> so if you're like sapphire and you want to ask us a question of the week you can email us at the ready room at gmail.com that's with a capital t and two capital r's or you can tweet at the ready room or even leave a comment on youtube and we will answer your question weekly on our question of the week segment all right now we've okay. got in here we go just under the 40 minute mark we're ready oh we're making good time yeah we're ready to talk about star trek uh tin man Tin Man? Tin Man. Uh, 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 uh. Tin Man. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Not Tin Man. Tin Man. Right. Not Tin Man. Right. Right. It's it's like some kind of Tin Man. <sighs> Dare I say, Tin Man. So it's pronounced like uh, like Hamburger Man. Oh, of course it is. Um, do you want my hot take? Yeah. Did you, okay. Tell me you loved this. I didn't love it, but I did like it. Mm. I don't think it was a bad episode. Bad, maybe not. Boring, absolutely. I think that the boring part, the parts of the episode that would be described as boring, fit in line pretty well with um, just you know cold sci-fi. Um, it has a relatively interesting, borderline intriguing uh, setup. I like the idea of what Tin Man is. Yeah. Um, and I think the way all the characters act in that scenario is, uh, pretty sensible. And I, I don't know. I just thought the plot played out in a somewhat interesting way. Like, I don't have any real gripes with the episode. I expected it to be more shitty Troy stuff, but Troy doesn't actually figure into the episode all that heavily. Um, and it's, if anything, it's more of a data joint, but... Yeah, well, it's 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 more of a data joint, but it's definitely not one. And so, right. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something that's not going to come as a surprise to you at all. Yeah. Although you don't know it yet. You can say you fucking hated it. No, I. They this episode is an adaptation of a non Star Trek novel. Okay. Okay. I guess that's... meaning. Hmm. And I'm sure you've noticed this episode has almost nothing to do with the bridge crew. Right. It, it centers around uh, Tam Grams, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. Tam, Tam Elbrin. Tam Elbrin. Tam Elbrin. Right. And uh, Tam Grams. <laughs> and this is part of the big problem for me because out of all the things in the original TNG Bible, and I think this is something that even um, uh, Michael Piller was uh, adamant about, that we don't we don't have stories about anyone but our crew really like this is a data episode this is a warf episode and everything else is kind of tangential like mm. all other characters are sort of tangential uh. this this is a tam elbrin episode and it's not interesting in that vein I at all he's not an interesting character i don't think he's all that interesting either but i also don't think it's a cardinal sin to have an episode that doesn't connect to that doesn't feature prominently one of the the bridge crew spare well, i think there's a reason there's a reason that that we we went that route no i agree and it's and that's a great default template but i think if there's one episode per season that takes a different focus i i don't think that's problematic um mm. at all especially when it's not completely agnostic of the bridge crew right you know tam, sure. tam graham's relation to data is is meaningful and it, yeah, and, it and I do something. like that. I do like that, and I wish I wish there was more of an emphasis on that. But uh, it's it's not so much a sin as it as it kind of well, it's it's me trying to convey to you why I didn't like it, and 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 sure, it's it's uh, the faults that um, the whole setup brought with it hmm. are what bothers me about the episode. It's just it's you know you have to set up this character, and it's it's all like. We're supposed to connect with Tam, 
um, and and his plight or whatever, and he's mostly just annoying. Yeah, um, he's he's not he's not, he's not necessarily. No. Uh, <laughs> Harry wasn't really an attractive actor either. No, especially um, not with the contacts. No, oh my god, I was gonna say he looks he looks like a like a soulless bug. I mean that's um, that's that's the old uh, ginger joke, right? They, they really <laughs> really played up here. And I don't I don't want to I don't want to rag on him too much, could be you know because he he was a fairly uh, he is a fairly accomplished actor. Um, you know after the fact he was in movies and shows and you know had quite a few long uh, long standing roles, but he's not um, he doesn't have star power by any means. No, and I'm gonna be honest. I didn't love his performance. Neither, no, no. neither the way the character was written, nor the performance, all that much. Sure, because you could conceive of of a uh, of a guest character that kind of steals the show and is worth. Yeah, like O'Connor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the outrageous O'Connor. The outrageous O'Connor. That's it. Um, <laughs> But no, Tam Grahams didn't really deliver on that. It's it was more yeah. of the the premise of the story that I was drawn in by rather than anything to do with the character himself. Sure, sure. Um, um, I, I I do think that, uh, and I I think um, Robert Robert Shearer, the director, um, actually voiced his opinion on this in much the same way that um, the. The, the the final episode doesn't reflect how good the script really was or or the concept was let's yeah, say i'm sure the story that it's based on had a lot more going on yeah um, if taking away the the need to include the bridge crew in any capacity even just as a framing device um kind of opens up a lot in establishing and exploring that character that we can't really do here because there's X amount of scenes of, you know, Jordy restoring power to the couplings or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, it's never going to be as in depth as a dedicated work to this concept. Yeah. You got to devote like 15 minutes to Troy being a woman. Yes. <laughs> ovulating or whatever it is. She does <laughs> constantly ovulating. <laughs> It's every page of the script, just in brackets. <laughs> Troy, Troy ovulating. Troy, ovulating. All right. Um, enough of that tomfoolery. <laughs> okay, bring, bring on the Jerry foolery. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, where are we at? Um, the the Enterprise is going um, to meet up there. The Hood, unexpectedly. Yeah, they're returning from the. Uh, you know, quick little reference here: the Hayashi system, yes. which somehow remained in the script, um, and I'm not really sure why. And this is something I, it might be in like one of those weird little encyclopedias, like like hard books. Like you're not going to find this online. Um, but for the audience, the, the Hayashi system, um, it's actually a reference to the, the Japanese art of Hayashi, right? Right. Um, which is the, the practice of skipping stones across the water in order to attract koi. Um, 
basically what you're trying to do is get them to jump out of the water in like a certain pattern. It's very, you know, it's very pretty. Um, we've seen a few demonstrations of it. Yeah. From from the masters. You know, whenever we go day. when we went abroad, it was part of the mm-hmm. the sightseeing. You know. The, the yeah 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 when we were doing the press junkets and all that. Right. Um. So this 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 Hayashi, this art of Hayashi, this was going to relate back to the plot. Um, back when Tam, we we had him as as a Hayashian. Um, who would educate Picard on on sort of Oriental mysticism, right? Uh, and and Picard is going to use this this Oriental art to draw Gamtu out of hiding. Um, unfortunately, by the time we got to casting, the you know the great Chinese American strike was going on, and uh, that made this just practically impossible. Mm. Um. You know, we we did have plenty of yellow body paint lying around, um, but Frakes was our only volunteer, and we would have lost a you know a whole a whole character there. So, what could have been? Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, we ended we ended up making uh, making Tam a, a Betazoid. So yeah, they're they're going to uh, to rendezvous with the Hood. Hell um, yeah! Who who we 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 know and love. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to me that the Hood makes so many consecutive mentions and or appearances. <laughs> the, the vast federation has about two ships in its fleet. <laughs> uh and it's 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 here we learn that uh the 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 hood is captained by a a Latin X man. Yes. Yes. Or the Tinks, if you will. I do Latinx. And I will Latinx. Uh it just rolls off the tongue better. To, to yeah, be it does. Honest. Um. Yeah, so they're dropping off Tam. Uh, they have Tam for some reason. Well, let's not let's not get too far here. I want to point out that the scene with the hood involves perhaps the most stilted, awkward small talk <laughs> of all time. <clears throat> it's just okay. Let's. I mean, do you not think so? So the, the captain, what's his name? Oh, Oroso. Desoto. Desoto. Oroso. <laughs> Uh, okay okay oh here 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 we go uh sorry to sneak up on you like that Jean-Luc well not mentioned why didn't you inform us not not to not mentioned here are the shots of like Picard and Riker just awkwardly grinning at one another when when DeSoto pops up on screen (laughs) and uh well DeSoto's DeSoto's quite the character you know it's it's to let you know that they love DeSoto right which is very pivotal 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 to the plot hmm um, yeah, and, uh, he's like, oh, sorry to sneak up on you boys. It's like, we don't know who's listening. It's like, all right. It's... Keeping you on your toes anyway. Hey, Will. Will, <laughs> you getting soft on that luxury liner? <laughs> you know, they send you galaxy-class boys out here to the far reaches. Me, I'm just hauling my butt back and forth between star bases. I can't yeah. tell if that's actually the line or not. No, it is. It is. Oh, it shit. is. Yeah, it's terrible. Think on that quick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that, that whole that, the writing in that scene was shit. Um, <laughs> um real quick, uh before before we we stray too far from that scene, um this is something that frustrates me constantly coming back to this episode. Because not only do we have Latinx's uh representation here. Mm-hmm. Um this I don't know why the audience ha- has never noticed this and they, I don't think they ever will. Um, DeSoto signs off with best of luck folks, right? Right. 
Um, and folks is spelled with an X, actually. Which most and you people... won't even find that in the online script. Right. You won't catch that unless you had the paper copy um, yeah. back in the day. Because everything else is just a transcription based on what right, you hear. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think this is the first appearance of the word folks with an X hmm. uh, on TV. And and we did, we never get credited for it. And it's it's... I don't know. It's frustrating. Well, Star Trek gets a lot of credit for these type of things that, that it gets overlooked. Um, yeah. You know, first kiss, interracial kiss, first lesbian kiss, first, you know, all this stuff that, uh, mm -hmm. something like that's just heard and not, not, first, not first seen. Postmenopausal captain. Right. <laughs> it's, um, uh, just such a forward thinking franchise and the, uh, their inability to, Praise all of it is annoying, but it's not the worst thing in the world. I suppose. I, I do have to concede that. There's a lot to work with. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as people have the image Trek equals um, forward-thinking, progressive uh, thoughts, it's, uh, it's fine by me. Yeah. I like to think. So, Tam. Tam goes. You got Tam. Now, Tam. How, do you, how, do you, how do you like the... Uh, the, the telepathic writing here where it's, you know, oh, I'm just going to respond to your thoughts immediately because I'm such a telepath. It, it, I mean, it doesn't endear you to the character, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's not, it's not supposed to do, not supposed to endear you to him either. Which, well, I, I would hope it would because he's literally the main character, but. No, I think that it's fine to write him as being kind of um, unable to uh ingratiate into you know society or social norms yeah i suppose so if they made him likable in any other way but whatever i i digress you're right you're right it's not necessary right and the idea is that he doesn't get along well with picard nor Riker, or really anybody who's right. beta. so when the audience feels that um i think it works yeah, well, especially Riker, because he's constantly thinking about uh, that, that one disaster he was a part of. Yeah, yes. You can't stop thinking about it. Now, I, how do you feel about that <laughs> that backstory? Um, do you think about that backstory? Let me think. Uh, so, I mean, it's fine. Um, it, it, it gives us some conflict on the bridge. Um, it makes sense. You have this guy who's, uh, kind of at odds with all humanoid life mm. and he, he kind of gets sucked into the, the plight of, um, this other race that ends up kind of, um, not abiding by whatever terms there were supposed to be on this planet and ends up killing everyone. It makes sense, I think. Yeah, I think it speaks to, um, his inability to get along with really anybody because, his point was that he knew the situation and he explained it, but there was a problem with the communications breakdown between him and the Federation uh, diplomat, whatever. Yeah. That uh, his advice wasn't properly heeded. And you can imagine that, yeah, uh, they didn't heed his advice, but probably he didn't also explain it very well or in a way that they could um, understand or want to understand if they just were having, they were feuding with him. It just speaks to a lot of what is going on with his character. Yeah, 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 and the, yeah, it's a good way to put it. It's uh, it, it 
it meshes in with uh with you know developing his character as we're supposed to you know know it i guess right so yeah i i thought it was all fine now these scenes do um they did lead to a little bit of conflict on the set um because mm. what happens is when whenever somebody thinks something um tam just verbalizes it sure yeah he's like, oh for example Riker thinks um you you know you didn't do a good job at that other disaster and he instantly responds yeah well it wasn't my fault and frakes just had a really difficult time understanding these scenes <laughs> that's right yeah because frakes as we later found out the the way that he thinks is just different from other people frakes mm -hmm. thinks more in you know shapes and images and colors and he doesn't have like that running commentary track so to speak through his mind yeah yeah what, what do they call that no no internal no internal dialogue or right i think it's autism. something like that but yeah so frakes he for the longest time he didn't really get what the scenes were going for until we had to explain to him that this is this is how most people think and um once he made that confession about his thought process oh the bullying was just merciless i remember he went out and punched a hole in the engineering set just so angry oh yeah yeah oh man that was uh <laughs> that was dramatic but uh you know we always just would hang like a uh a children's drawing on the fridge in the in the green room and sign it john frakes and crayon just to <laughs> get our point across that went on for a few years there was always somebody different who did it which uh yeah yeah no you can never track them down it was fun you know somebody new would join the crew we'd kind of let him in on the secret and yep it's a good time it was it was nice it was uh it was a simpler time for sure indeed indeed now 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 you'd be a bigot if he did that right for calling out the the simpletons and their uh right yeah yeah oh well what are you gonna do so tam now yeah. uh little known fact denise was actually the opposite she couldn't see uh she couldn't see the apple in her head you know what i mean she couldn't visualize the apple right which as we all know is also a sign of some kind of autism or right retardation right. so <laughs> if you don't have both going on you are you are broken at all times by the way yes yes it needs to be a constant feed similar to tams in this episode where he has a constant feed of other people's thoughts that it you know drives him insane right right just right. instead of other people's it's your own yeah yeah. Now imagine having thoughts and not just having a, a vacuous void <laughs> in there. <laughs> uh, Tam, by the way, his his enhanced Betazoid abilities compared to Troy, we had our commercials label him as the Super Betazoid. The Super Betazoid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and the following year, you know, Nintendo came out with the Super Nintendo, and I don't want to mm. say that these two events are connected, but you know, let's be real. You, you kind of know. Yeah. So, it's a, it's nice to have been paid homage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know they were such big Trek fans. Most people are. Just they just gotta know. hide it. Yeah. I mean, if you take a random sample of a crowd, you know, you go to a a busy city street corner and just pick out ten people like Roller Coaster Tycoon, um, you'll find that seven of them are. Trek fans, Trek adjacent. Mm. 
and uh, the other three have no internal monologue. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's the barrier to entry of enjoying Trek, is um, <laughs> a functioning brain. <laughs> Which is why. <laughs> what was that one episode Frakes just did not understand at all? Um, he's the one where he said later in interviews that he just did not understand the story. We, we, we oh yeah, which one was that? Yeah, we did talk about that. Which one was that? Uh, yesterday's Enterprise, I think. Yes, that's exactly it. And that that is yeah. why his lack of an internal monologue is why he was unable to um, grasp the finer workings of that <laughs> yeah, of that episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's all it's all coming together. Um, I wanna, I I wanna just note, um. You you know that scene where Troy visits uh Tam in his room and Tam well first of all the acting here the physical acting is bizarre because he sits down and then he stands up and then he paces around and he sits down again well he's mentally unstable you see yeah um so he has to it's it's like a crutch it's like that's like an acting crutch isn't it yeah do you think it's having to move around that much do you think it's akin to um like folding your arms, like what do I do with my hands? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. I would say so. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, you know, when when you're you're having this heated conversation and you're yelling and you're gesticulating, but you're also uh, walking the entire length of the room for some reason, um, which people don't do. No, but... pacing. I don't think. Just I don't think I've ever seen somebody pace in my life oh i pace a lot yeah you pace when i'm on the phone so come on (laughs) uh but but um that wasn't the point that wasn't the point it was my point i just wanted to know what i've never seen a pacer oh no 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 my no my point wasn't the physical acting i wanted to talk about something else oh okay um he says the the chandrans have a three-day ritual to say hello saying hello um my question is how are these things fucking spacefaring (laughs) are they spacefaring why are you talking to them their minds were described as glacial which to me is um they can't be spacefaring with that kind of uh pace right i suppose I don't know. I've I've found more uh, offensive concepts in Trek than okay. than a slow species being spacefaring. Like the Packlids. The Packlids being spacefaring is ridiculous to me. You remember oh, the, the Packlids? Did we, I, we did this episode, right? The the idiot. I'm pretty sure we did the idiot race that Jordy gets. Oh yeah, that's into. right. Yeah, that's right. The Packlids. Right. The fact that they got into space. Um, is vexing to me. <laughs> I'm sure many people would agree with you. And, you know, it's part and parcel of, of Star Trek, I suppose, but that you just introduce an idea without really thinking of the ramifications of it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, the spacefaring race works at a uh, at a glacial level. Now, this is not just in Trek, of course. Um... I don't know if you're familiar with Mass Effect. They had a very similar concept for an alien yeah, race. Yeah, I, I do remember those guys. Yeah. yeah. And um, I would say it's equally as nonsensical there, too. 
You know, they didn't I mean? take three days to say hello, though. No, but they were slow, and they were, they were slow. They but... were quadrupedal elephants. So yeah, they were they were weird looking guys. I've always wanted to see like spaceship designs of these kinds of races, where they're yeah, just sure. So inhuman. How do they make their technology? Like, what does a chair look like for these people? Yeah. It's, it's probably like this 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 claw that juts up from the ground they just kind of like fall into right like a like a hammock yeah i mean it's it's interesting to think about those things you you know you it's a fairly common alien design to have for example the knees bend backwards which would entirely change everything we know about bedding and and chairs but oh no, God, yeah. nobody ever cares to design these things because obviously it's not pertinent to whatever story they're telling, but I think it's interesting. The audience just can't relate to these things. <laughs> My alien chair. <laughs> oh, God. Eh. Anyway. So we can, we can, and here's the thing with this episode. You can make like five bullet points and summarize it in two minutes. Because nothing happens. Um, Tam comes to the ship. He makes mental contact with Tin Man. Tin Man. Tin Man. Tin Man destroys the Romulans. Sun explodes. Maybe, yeah. maybe one other point in there. Tam stays on the ship. Tam stays on the ship. Spoilers. The Tin Man. The Tin Man. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot going on. And um, I can see why you would find a lot of these scenes boring, but it's saved enough by discussion of Tin Man and its nature, which I find Tin interesting. Man. Right, <laughs> Tin Man and um, Tin Man and his nature, which I do find interesting enough to salvage. Yeah, I mean the concept of a of a biological vessel is always pretty cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, actually alien in a in a series of yeah yeah sure sure yeah in a series of aliens that just have weird noses um, <laughs> a, a forehead ridges right a biological machine um with no that's not at all anthropomorphized is is unique it's 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 got similar vibes to the crystalline entity yeah sure except it's way cooler yeah but i'll still give the entity props for not being you know, human humanoid. It's it's not yeah, it's not like a human with like crystals poking out of its head. Right, it's not a crystallian. Yeah. Um Yeah. We haven't talked about Troy at all, which I guess is really telling. Yeah, I made this point earlier that it kinda seems like it would be a Troy joint, but it doesn't end up going that way. Right, because she's the only one with the connection to Tam initially. Right. Because she was a student at the I guess hospital or something that he was a patient. Yeah. So Which is weird because as we get into, Tam is a very impatient character. Mm. 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 That's mm. true. That's yeah. that's a very good point. Thank you. Uh Yeah, so I mean she has plenty of conversations with him, but none of them are interesting. No, no, no. Not at all. Um Par for the course for Troy conversations, really. Now, I I, I, I I will take this these Troys over. Um, what was the name of that negotiator? Half Beta Z. You remember he negotiated against the, the guy who was trying to buy the black hole. He, it was a wormhole. Yeah. First of all. Okay. Okay. 
What was his name? Yeah, Neil Braun. <laughs> right. Who the jury is still out on whether or not he's attractive. Right. Right. We haven't gotten any opinions on this. No. But um, I have faith in my my opinion here. Sure. Okay. Hey, what about him anyway? Um, the scenes of Troy and him, you know, which is to say, scenes of Troy with another Beta Zed happens in this episode, mm. happens in that one. I think the ones in this episode are less trying than than in prior episodes. I think they're. Better. I much prefer the awkward sex scenes. Yeah. Yeah. At least they're funny. <laughs> Troy just wearing some like horribly designed dress, getting seduced yeah. by Neil Braun. Getting her toes sucked. <laughs> this is just... I mean, Troy's just a boring character. You can't really do much with her. And the way Troy has acted is very flat. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but... Um, Troy just never shows a lot of incidental emotion. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's supposed to be emotionally measured like that, but... It, it, yeah, it, it's not very effective. No, no. it's It just creates this boring character you know mm -hmm. so scare quotes character scare quotes character <laughs> that's right um i don't know i don't I, know. I i the troy scenes are not great in this episode but they're not enough they're never <laughs> to, to to really take away they're never great either it, i it's it's i don't know it's like it's like it's like they the writers weren't even trying i don't know which is a phrase you one could uh, a complaint one could levy at any number of episodes <laughs> cuz very often they didn't they did not try i mean they adapted a fucking book <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so uh the other thing that's going on is is uh, we have a ticking clock because yes. the Romulans, the Romulans are on their way. Do you think uh, the Romulans? Do you think the Romulans were in the initial novel? <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a key point they make that the Romulan ships are not capable of the speed <laughs> that the Enterprise travels at until they are, and years and, later. Yeah, until suddenly they show up. It's like okay, um, they're here, and 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 we get one of one of the the most uh, inexplicable scenes in the episode where they 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 approach um the tin man which we now know is is named gomtu right and um gomtu jesus gomtu <laughs> jesus moment <laughs> <laughs> and and tam, tam has tam has his gomtu jesus moment and he says um danger gomtu do not allow <laughs> and you may be wondering audience why, if if uh, Tam and Gomtu have a psychic link, he needs to verbalize his commands to Gomtu. Um, and the answer is, this is actually a reshoot that uh, we found to be necessary after we realized the majority of the audience um, just had no idea what a telepathic link entailed. Um, so, you know, initially he was just kind of standing there looking out the window with a, with a fiery expression on his face. Hmm. But uh, um, that was only that was literally the, the the first airing, and I think that footage has been destroyed now. So gone forever. Go. 
It it is a very odd scene. It is, and the way it ends is also odd. How Tam just kind of looks somewhere between drunk and postcoital <laughs> as Picard <laughs> speaks to him and cuts. The I commercial. don't. I don't want to think of Harry being postcoital. <laughs> <laughs> coital is such a disgusting word it is mm, coital, coital. Mm. <laughs> let us let us have coitus oh boy have we have we discussed um uh we haven't tam calling Riker billy boy no no we haven't would you like to no i just want to point it out it is something that happens strictly speaking yeah Billy boy. Butter boy. <laughs> That's probably a better name for freaks. For but... <laughs> at least at this point in the series. It's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> and it won't get better. Not at all. <laughs> anyway. It's, 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 what drives the Romulans? Oh, right. Gomtu. <laughs> right. Gomtu fucking kills them. Um <laughs> But 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 there's more left. Like they're they're still on their way, right? So right. What happens is one ship overclocks its engines to the point where it burns out its warp drive, but it's able to catch up to the Enterprise. Sure. And the other one does not. So, uh, one ship catches up. It fires on the Enterprise, uh, like really weakening their shields. Mm-hmm. And. The Enterprise, I think their engines are also out, so they can't catch up to the one that's going towards Gomtu. And then they're caught in the uh, in the the I don't know how to describe this the the blowback of whatever attacked the Romulan ship, and so many of mm. their systems are fucking donezo. Yeah. And what's weird to me is when the second Romulan ship shows up, it's much more diplomatic. It it hails the <laughs> the the Enterprise. It gives them a warning to back off. Which right. is weird because the other one was just very content to outright attack the Enterprise. Um, but and maybe they're being cautious after the other one was killed. Maybe, maybe the writers had written the Enterprise to have lost its weapons and shields and knew it would not be able to withstand <laughs> any attack. <laughs> um, and they once again go on the fire at Gomtu. Now, here's the thing: later on in the episode, it's revealed that Gomtu is waiting by the star so it can die. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to kill itself right and yet it it took it upon itself to destroy any would-be attacker uh, <laughs> well you know, that's that's kind of uh tam's fault right well tam he urged it to he warned it of danger and surely tin man would tin man would know that um danger is good for its present situation <laughs> yeah uh i i can't i can't refute that you are correct now when you think about this is an adaptation that had romulans thrust into it it kind of makes sense that the story would break down a little bit at their inclusion right and now now i'm kind of interested in reading the book i'm not <laughs> maybe a, maybe a plot synopsis yeah, that's good. That's you know, yeah. take a ten minute stint in the toilet, read the the Tin Man synopsis, act like you read it. Right, right. Uh, go go into a, a group chat and tell everyone about it. Right, right. Review it. 
make your thoughts known. Um, make sure make sure you everyone else knows that you know the spoilers. Right. You don't want to telling be, them explicitly. You, you don't want to be left out of the discourse. Is the thing. Right. Right. Uh, now. So yeah. It's at this point that Tam and Data board Tin Man. No, oh, no, I don't think they're bored at all. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. That's true. Um, such as their journey to inside of Tin Man. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Tin Man. Tin Man, yes. Um, really cool uh, visual design of the innards of Tin Man. Very much inspired by Gene after one of his final colonoscopies. That's that's right. That's right. Um, it's 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 definitely different. Um, and, and, you know, not only visually, but, but, uh, the, the, the sounds that it makes too, right? Right. It's, it, there's like this, this kind of like ambient soundscape going on inside GOM2, which, um, those are actually the sounds of several bowel movements layered atop one another. Hmm. Um, though you, you didn't necessarily hear this from us because Jim, I don't think actually got permission to set up his equipment in the women's toilet for this, but it's uh, a statute of limitations thing. What are they gonna do? Yeah, yeah, it could be. And you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta really take risks to make real art, right? And in um, this case, and Gom two, yeah, Gom two was female canonically. In this case, so. you also need to take risks to make great fart, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> <laughs> um i i did i did think the the inside of gom 2 was a little sparse like it was kind of boring it's certainly uh not colorful right it's very one tone um yeah but i do think it sells the nature of it being a biological being pretty well yeah sure i mean the the, the chair coming up was uh was neat yeah um which was that was just the uh, reversed footage of a wax chair melting took a long um, time to get that footage yeah <laughs> but it, it the effect is really cool it works out uh but i uh, said to say i feel like it's the only cool effect in the entire ship so i don't know yeah like when the door is open that looks kind of hokey yeah um but overall i think i would say i'm content with the uh internal design of gom 2 okay I mean, it's it's cool. You know, we we learned that like there was a crew that lived inside the ship. You know, piloted the ship. Right. It's described as being a bit of a symbiosis. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Definitely. I, I, I would have alien. liked to know more about that. Alien in scope. Yeah. And the idea that there are you know millions of Gomtus out there, and presumably they all had crews that they were in symbiosis with. Um, right. I don't know. I like things in Trek that are very suggestive of uh, outright alien things. Not yeah. I, I mean, it would be it would be cool to have a species like this that would that was you know kind of contemporary with right uh, the show we're watching. So like they have to interact with them and stuff and see what it's like. Uh, this was really bungled in um, Deep Space Nine, my favorite show. Um, mm. <laughs> the the shape-shifting race the changelings are introduced and they are as alien as anything in trek like they can turn yeah. into things like smoke um just they can be uh biological they cannot be 
the implications are very, very wide reaching. And 99% mm-hmm. of the time, they're all depicted as humanoids. Nice. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Do we, do we ever see their original forms? It, yeah, it's just goo. But oh, okay. when, obviously, I mean, you presumably could have just talking goo running around. But um, the Orville did it. That's true. That's true. Um, whenever they have to have a role in the story, they always assume a role that looks almost identical to Odo, the main changeling nice. character. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And I think I've talked about this before. The reason Odo looks how he does is because that's generally the appearance of the scientist who who did research on him when they mm-hmm. recovered him, and. Mm-hmm. That's a canonical explanation that makes sense. That's his first exposure to a humanoid, so he would mimic it. Every other changeling also looks like that scientist for no reason. <laughs> After that, it's like a Han Solo and Carbonite kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Wow. And uh, that's, that's disgusting. Yeah, Trek sometimes is really heady and smart, intellectual. Other times it's not. <laughs> Other times it's just Trek. <laughs> uh, especially as Trek goes on, I feel like there's more and more of that. Yes. God forbid, you know, nowadays. Yeah, oh, jeez. So they're aboard the ship, and Tam decides to stay with Tin Man. Yep. Which makes sense. I think that, that arc resolved well enough. Yeah, sure, sure. We already knew that Tam wanted to kill himself. Right. And same with Tin Man. So, match mm-hmm. made in heaven. Now, the strange thing is, Data mysteriously is teleported back onto the Enterprise. Yeah, it's a, a lot of... a real load-bearing um, Tin Man in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you really need to believe this alien is capable of anything. Right. And, you know, if he flings them what billions of kilometers away the only I, mean, other... I, I guess i guess i could imagine that it has some kind of warp uh, transport system the, the only other time we've seen that done was q um when when q flung them to where the borg were yeah but i mean if sure yeah 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 and if this thing has any kind of similar power suite to q you can imagine it's uh pretty capable handy capable Handy capable. I don't know. I liked the conclusion of the episode. I liked um, Tam just more or less offing himself. They leave it open for <laughs> some for some reason. Yeah. I find it hard to believe there were ever plans to revisit any of these characters or concepts. No, no, I, I highly doubt it. Like, oh boy, Tin Man's back. <laughs> next Tin week Man's on back. next week on TNG. The Return of Tin Man. <laughs> Tin Man Strikes Back. It's just a shot of the thing floating in space, unmoving. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe, maybe the writers felt that it was just a little too depressing to have the character kill himself. You don't see that on on uh, primetime television all that much. To... No. <laughs> Later. Then we get to the episode two seasons later where Worf's asking Riker to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Tam and the Tin Man uh, 
having united with each other uh feel fulfilled by each other and want to go elope perhaps i will say that tam and the tin man is uh the name of an indie outfit (laughs) (laughs) that's actually really good yeah i mean the the phrasing of it tin man right you, the the odd emphasis that you are just fixated on <laughs> right, so right, right, works. <laughs> it works yeah it works very well tam and the tin man um real quick sensor watch yep we have it we have a sensor now what do you say on fish watch uh we didn't go to the ready room yeah we did no we didn't the scene where when? he he asks um data and troy about their opinions on the Tam situation prior to the beam over uh, is in the ready room. And I, uh, knew, I must have fallen asleep. I knew you wouldn't see it, so I looked, and there were fish. There were fish? There were fish. Wow. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> A wondrous world we live in. Um, so the yeah, ep- okay. Do we, the episode ends yeah. with... Um, a Riker, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm talking about Riker, a Data Troy moment, which are rare, to be oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a bit of a yeah, rough, weird. a rough day of filming, because um, at the end, Troy hugs Data. Now, that was a bit of improv, physical improv on Marina's part, but Brent just had a very, very violent reaction to this. He was taken <laughs> off guard and just kind of flung her off of him. Yeah. Um... Which, you know, by that point, nobody really could stand Marina very much. Mm-hmm. But it was a good idea, and that's why we decided to reshoot it and, and get it in there properly. So I'll have to give it to her. I mean, I, I liked it. But, yeah, I remember she hit her head on the desk in that set. and Yeah, yeah, uh, we, had to get, uh, we had to get makeup to cover that up. Yeah. Something like three, four, five stitches? Yeah. Which the makeup artists were not equipped to do, but they did their best. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean they they had they had sewing prowess. Yeah, but they used those thick needles. Ah, whatever. It was. It's Marina. not like Marina was going anywhere, right? Oh well, what doesn't you know? It doesn't kill you, makes you more strong. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's what they say. How many saucer steps would you give this episode? This is like a two. Ah, uh, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that far from each other. No. That sounds about right. I'm not going to say it's like god awful or anything, but it's not. I don't know. I am I hope I never have to watch this episode again. Let me put it that way. Uh, don't worry. Once we go through all of TNG, we're going to go through it again. So, you know, in about uh, three years, watch yourself. No. Sorry. It's eight in the morning. Time, <laughs> time for your tin man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see. What do I have for you today? So as as we discussed, the writers for this episode... Actually, I don't think I told you this, but um, the writers for this episode are the ones who wrote the story. The, the original novel. Novel, yeah. So, that was a stupid thing to say. The writers for this episode are the ones who wrote the story. <laughs> hey, it's it's a long podcast. It's it's fine. Um. So okay, 
So their inspiration for making it into a Trek episode was they watched a certain episode and found it so stupid. They felt they, they, they needed to write, you know, a piece of Trek fiction. My question is, of course, what is the season two episode they watched that was so stupid? Can I, can I consult a list of season two episodes? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Hold on. We've actually discussed this episode recently, I believe. Not just when we got to it in our, but out. Right, yeah, yeah, not yet, yeah. All right, so the season two episode that was so stupid. Well, we're starting off with The Child, which is up there. Um, <laughs> let's see. There's the Sherlock Holmes holodeck mystery. Um, hmm. A lot of good memories here. Let's see. Unnatural selection, no. Matter of honor, no. Measure of man, no. Uh, contagion, the one with the computer virus, maybe. Oh, it's gotta be, gotta be the Royale, hundred percent. The Royale? Yeah, with the that it's old. Not the Royale. No way. No way. Not the Royale. All right, let's uh, give me one more. One more guess. I'll, I'll concede yeah, sure. that I lost, but I I want to guess again. Yeah, um, sure. Now, there's two ways to think about this. Stupid insofar as the science fiction, something like Time Squared, that time loop, which was not handled all that well, or stupid just in the trappings, which is why I picked the Royale. Um, yeah, and, sure. No, I mean, it's it's just, it's, oh, God, you know, how, how to, do we... So, let's see. I, I'm going to... It could be the Packlet episode, to be honest. No, it's up the long ladder. It's got to be. It'll be Irishman. It's not up the log ladder. Oh my god, there's so many stupid episodes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. This this isn't really a fair question. There's just too many. Manhunt with with Luxana? It's not Manhunt. Good Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, it's not the clip show. It's not. No, it's not the clip show. All right, I'll just say the child and leave it at that. It is. It is indeed the Packlet episode. Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, yeah, that is dumb. It's dumb, but you wouldn't think, right? You wouldn't think, like, that's the one. Right. That, you know? That falls within acceptable levels of stupid. Right. Right. Where something like, yeah, the child is garbage. Um, Oh, my God. Like, there's so many bad episodes at the beginning of the season, for sure. But there was where Silence has least, which was a decent episode. Yeah, it was okay. I that said it was stupid face. Yeah, um... Ligma? What, what was, was its, its name? name? Ligma? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it was uh, Nagulum. Right. Yeah, so it was yeah. Mulligan, Pretty close. Mulligan backwards. Oh, but, uh, that's. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Ligma. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm glad that the Packlet episode inspired somebody to do something. Sure, yeah. Even if it wasn't that great. Yes. Well, I guess that's uh, going to wrap up this episode of The Ready Room. Now, I have to make an apology to our loyal listeners. The other, you know, one hour of this podcast that we owe you, um, is this ending's a bit premature. But I hope you'll mm -hmm. join us next week anyway. And hopefully... Um, the deals you can get at our sponsors by being loyal fans of us will make it up to you. Those sponsors include Denny's, the home of the Grand Slam, Moons Over Miami, 
Pep Boys on a three-minute oil change, and Gateway PCs. Um, think differently. So at any of these establishments or their websites, you can use uh, coupon code READIER or READIER2 on the Gateway website for 15% off your purchase. Use that to restore your faith in us after we didn't deliver a two-and-a-half-hour podcast again this week. Next week, we'll be back with another episode of TNG, one that may or may not be good. I don't remember. Until that time, bide your time. And until we meet again, everybody, please stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man-Child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. inside the bottle bottle.